I want to talk about Red Bear Roastery. Red Bear Roastery is a micro roastery out of Los Angeles specializing in small batch craft coffee beans. Yes, that's a thing. Isn't that crazy? They're basically fueled by caffeine and they have a huge passion for coffee. They want to provide you with the most wildly fresh coffee beans on the planet, basically. Your coffee never sits on a shelf for weeks on end before you purchase it. It's not like manufactured far away and then shipped off to you. It is manufactured as you order. So if you order a bag of the Burundi, he then roasts a bag of the Burundi and just the small batch that you need. We have a really special relationship with Red Bear Roastery and that is what gets us through all of these hours of podcasting. So if you use the code off topic at checkout at redbearroastery.com, you'll save 20%. So once again, code off topic and get yourself some wildly fresh coffee beans. Clearly off topic. Two friends, one unique conversation. Driven to learn, inspire, create, and understand the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're just trying to be good humans and make the world a better place. How hard could it be? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Clearly Off Topic. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Juliet. And we are so happy to be here with you guys today. Uh, yes. it's, been, it's been a rough one, guys. 2020 has been a bitch. Yeah. Um, we're just going to like, I actually found a song the other day. I can't remember who it's by, so I'll have to put it in the show notes, but there's a song and it's like called fuck 2020. And yes. <laughs> after, after this past week, Joel and I are like, we've played it like three times and like started crying during it. And like, it's, it's been a rough, this last week has been really hard, which is why this episode is going up so late you guys. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but, um, Joel and I had an emotional week. Yeah. It's been, I mean, 2020 has been really it's been really shitty for Lindsay. It's been really shitty for a lot of people, but Lindsay has experienced a lot of a rougher time. I think than most people you've gotten two losses now, two big, big losses, um, back and forth with your job. And today, so we're just going to talk a little bit today about really pulling yourself up out of this funk that 2020 is and the depression and everything that's very, very real. And a lot of people are excelling right now in 2020 and that's fantastic. But for those of you who are not, we're here for you and we feel you and we're feeling shitty too. But we also want to dedicate this episode to why Lindsay and I was a little bit emotional this week too. Um, Lindsay, you can go ahead and tell everybody if you want. Yeah. So um, last week, um, Joel and I lost Ella, um, our dog. She has been with us for nine and a half years. Um, And you guys probably remember me talking about this a little bit um, in like September of last year. But when we were at Burning Man last year, Ella was in the ICU. Um, Our our grandma was watching her and she basically had a heart condition that we didn't know about. And it sent her to the ICU. Um, She had what was called DCM. And that's basically an enlarged heart. Um, And what she had was because of her diet, Um, basically we had been unknowingly feeding her grain free food, which if you need any more information on DCM and diet related DCM, please feel free to reach out to me because I now have a lot of information on it. But basically the, the overall thing is that her heart was enlarged because she wasn't getting an essential amino acid called taurine in her diet and what taurine does for dogs. And this is the way it was explained to me. So if I'm wrong, please let me know. But Basically, humans are born with the entire capsule around their heart, like the muscle that controls your heart is already fully intact, and it grows with you um, as you get older. Well, dogs are not born that way. Dogs are not born with a fully encapsulated heart, so they need these essential amino acids to allow that muscle to form properly around the heart as they grow. And if your dog is being fed grain-free food, 
basically some dogs need it just like people. Some dogs, just like people do not do well with grains. And there are a lot of dogs that are purposely on grain free food. But now that the paleo diet has become so popular for humans, um, they started taking grains out of dog food. And what that's led to is a lot of major food brands, like major dog food brands that we've trust and known for years, they're taking grains out of their food because they just assumed that that was better. And it's kind of trendy. And it's like this new thing that we're doing. Well, it's actually not good for most dogs. And we were unknowingly feeding her a premium dog food brand. And that dog food brand had a teeny, teeny, tiny, like I'm talking like less than an inch big on the back. It had a little thing that said grain free. And we had just never even noticed it. We're buying like 70 pound bags of food. We just weren't paying attention. She loved it. She'd been eating it for years. And um, so obviously that changed when we found out she had DCM. Um, We went to cooking her food. So we were cooking her turkey and chicken and red meat and we don't eat red meat in this household. We don't really eat turkey or chicken. So she always knew it was for her, but we very much transitioned our lives to take care of Ella. Um, we were very lucky that Joel was working from home at this time because we were giving her medications six times a day. Um, and you know, we're, we're lucky to have had the time that we had with her. So basically, ever since she got her diagnosis um, in August of last year, she was on borrowed time. And they had initially told us that come February, she would probably pass. Obviously, it's not February. Obviously, it's July. So we had a lot of extra time with her that we didn't think we would have. Um, But last Thursday, I was actually at the office. Um, I go in once a week now just to kind of like, you know, get things together and make sure everything's being taken care of properly. I was at the office and Joel called me and said, I don't I don't think she's going to make it. Um, She he FaceTimed me, she was smiling, and she had a heart attack and passed right there in the back of Joel's car. Um, he was about 20 minutes from her cardiologist and tried to get her there, um, but she passed before he could get there. Um, and we always knew this is how it would go. We always knew she would basically have a major cardiac arrest and just pass. And you know, even though you know it's coming, you're never ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so last Thursday, we dealt with the loss of Ella. and we are clearly heartbroken and so is Juliet. and I'm trying very hard not to cry right now. Um, but yeah, we're kind of dedicating this episode to Ella because she was, I mean, if anybody's lost a dog, I'm sure you've felt this way before. She was our child. She was, she was everything to us and coming home to an empty house is not easy. And, um, you know, we're kind of slowly putting her things away, but you know, like last night I found her favorite toy under the couch and I just started bawling. So it comes in waves. Um, this morning, Joel and I woke up and we haven't actually put her bed away yet. And we just kind of looked over at it and cried. And so, I mean, 2020 has been hard already with, um, in and out of the office and making sure we stay safe, making sure our friends stay safe, being quarantined and, you know, we're so grateful now for quarantine because we had all this extra time with her. Right. Um, I used to be able to look right behind my shoulder at this very desk and see her sitting there like moaning and being like, why aren't you guys playing with me? You're home. This is supposed to be playtime. So, um, I mean, the dog had a great life. She was chasing a ball in a pool last weekend, like the weekend before she passed. And the night before she passed, her and I played fetch for like 45 minutes in our front yard. So she was not, her quality of life did not suffer. Um, and she was a great dog. And 
we're so grateful for the outpouring of love from everyone. I mean, even my dad, who like when we first got Ella was like, why did you get such a big dog? Like, why, why do you need a dog? Blah, blah, blah. Even he like sent us flowers and was just like, I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, I think that dog really taught him to love dogs, even if they're a little crazy in the beginning. Um, so yeah, I mean, she taught us so much. She's been with us for basically our entire relationship. Six months into our relationship, we got her. Um, and, you know, we're trying to find solace in like the happy memories that we have with her. Um, like the time that she ate our carpet. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that, Juliet. Well, the she time, ate a carpet. The time that she, uh, the very first time Ella came to our new place in Santa Monica, oh, she yeah. jumped up on, our, on Dan and I's bed and she immediately peed on it. It was so funny I was laughing my head out Lindsay was mortified and, she, I, was and mortified. I thought it was, I mean it wasn't great but I also thought it was really freaking funny <laughs> I was so thankful you had a waterproof mattress cover we did like, <laughs> Juliet and Dan had just gotten this mattress like they had just moved in it was like a housewarming thing we were doing yep. this was like, I think this was like six years ago seven mm-hmm. years ago at this point and yeah first thing she did was jump up on the bed sniff it and pee and I'm like oh my god you allowed me to bring my puppy over and this is what happened Uh, Um, I was just letting us know that uh, we were hers you know marking her territory like this is my bed (laughs) this is my bed now um but yeah so she had a great life and and we're very sad it very much comes in waves um yeah we're just grateful to have had Ella and we're grateful that one day we'll be able to basically oh my god that was annoying we'll be able to one day basically, um, you know, give that same love to another dog. And I think that's what we're able to look at is that, you know, she gave us everything she could. We gave her everything we could, including like we called her our million dollar baby because between the ICU visits, the hundreds of dollars, and I'm not joking, like hundreds of dollars of medications a month, the $300 vet visits we had to go on once a month to get like echocardiograms and stuff like we feel so lucky to have had the means to be able to take care of Ella like that. Mm. Um, And yeah, we just feel so lucky for the time we had with her and she was our best friend and it's sad she's gone. Um, And, you know, there's a huge void in our house right now. You know, we've got this big king size bed because at some point our queen size bed was too small for me and Joel and Ella. (laughs) And we kind of both had to like shift into like sleeping in the middle of the bed because I'm like, I can't feel anybody. What's going on? So, yeah, Ella yeah. Was, a, it was a big baby. How much did she weigh? She was a big dog. 65 pounds. She was she a 65 pound bundle of, of lap dog love. She was such a oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember Ella just really sitting on the couch and she wanted to be on your lap and you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you're like, okay, here we are. Apparently here we you are, are lap dog. <laughs> yeah. She, was, she so. was the sweetest and, you know, definitely gone before, before her time, but she lived a really full life. And she really did like that girl would chase balls like even with her heart condition like Mm -hmm. when she first got diagnosed we kind of like went and talked to the vet and we were like so what do we do like Mm -hmm. do we not allow her to like run around outside bark at people as they're walking by our gate anymore like what do we need to change she's like honestly at this point it's quality of life like if you want to change those things you can and it might help but at the end of the day like you just want that dog to live out their life and Ella did that Ella Mm -hmm. we went on walks every day I mean we used to be able to take her on like 10 mile hikes and she'd be like, yeah, let's go. Let's keep going. Um, so obviously that changed a lot after her diagnosis, she gets tired faster and stuff, but like that dog would chase a ball literally while she was having a heart attack. I'm pretty sure. So (laughs) she was, she was just the greatest and she smiled as she left this world. So we just, you know, we, uh, we just know she's doing better now and she's not suffering anymore and it's not hard for her to breathe. And you know, because basically her lungs were full of water. Yeah. 
you know, this is not a rare condition in dogs. This mm -hmm. is this, and I, you know, it's funny. I had a, I had a Sheltie when I was younger and she passed away around 10 years old from a heart attack. And we had no idea until my, she like couldn't breathe and was having an episode and my mom took her to the vet and she was like out for a walk, like running around. Mm -hmm. She had like this episode, went to the heart, went to the doctor, the vet as fast as she could. And she died in my mom's arms in the waiting room. And mm -hmm the doctor said she had an enlarged heart and there was fluid in her lungs, but didn't call it DCM. Right. And it kind of happened yeah. so quickly. We had no idea what was going on. So for us, we're like, Oh, you know, she passed so fast and it was very traumatic. Losing a pet. I don't think people, unless you have had a pet, you don't realize how extremely traumatic it is. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure that Nina, my childhood dog passed away from DCM. Our good friend had a dog named Coco who passed away very similarly um, to oh, R.I.P. Coco. R.I.P. Coco. Coco's a tiny little chihuahua. Um, I still have her. She was so tiny. <laughs> she was so tiny. Yeah. Smaller, smaller than my chihuahua. Um, but yes. that, so if we count my childhood dog, that's three dogs that I know personally who've passed away from this. It's not uncommon and people really need to know about DCM. Right. And DCM is like, um, in general, it's always been something that large dogs have, like um, golden retrievers mm -hmm. tend to, you know, vary more on the spectrum of they could get DCM during their life, um, German shepherds. But Ella was a mutt. Ella, yeah. like, we didn't really know what she was. Um, we were always told she was she's pretty. That's yeah. what she was. Um, but yeah, we were always told she was like a Carolina dog. And then we know that like she had some American bulldog in her, which is like the tall standard bulldog. Um, but yeah, we never really knew what she was. So vets were never worried about any of those like common large dog problems because she's a mutt. She should live forever. Like this is the kind of dog you should have to like put down because she's not going to like go down on her own. And, you know, we're really lucky to not have had to make that decision for Ella. She made mm -hmm. that decision for us. So I don't know what I would have had to have done if I had to make the call, you know? Um, but yeah, we're just, we're very grateful and lucky. And like that dog grew up with us and our friends. Like this mm -hmm. is another, like, then we can start into the episode, but this is another funny, um, when we first got Ella, she was four weeks old and we didn't know that we thought she was eight weeks old. We'd take her into the vet to get her her like first round of shots and to get her dewormed. And they were like, <laughs> this dog is not big enough for its first round of shots. And we're like, what? So we initially thought that Ella was an English bulldog. That's the way that she was like, you know, advertised, advertised to us. <laughs> and, and she was free. She basically a woman that um, Juliet and I knew her nieces. Um, she had found a dog on an abandoned property and like brought the dog into her house and like adopted the dog and was feeding the dog and like living with the dog. And then all of a sudden the dog had puppies. And she was like, <laughs> oh shit, what do I do? So she had these like 12 puppies there. And so at first I was like, wait, English bulldogs, they have to have like cesarean sections. They tend to only have like two or three puppies. How did this dog have 10 puppies? But I was like 21, yeah. <laughs> I think, when we got Ella. So I had no idea. And we just like picked this dog up and thought that it was eight weeks old and it wasn't even close. Um, <laughs> but, so when we first got her, we were still in college and Joel and his buddies would do this thing called beer league. And like, if you've never met Joel, Joel is the biggest sports fan on the face of the planet. And all of his friends are the same way. Like, that yeah. man has memorized stats from like the eighties. And I'm just like, I don't know how you have all, all of this knowledge. Like, why weren't you a sportscaster? I don't understand. So him and his friends would set up this like massive tournament that would happen over like 12 weeks. And there was Jeez. like, there was like brackets and rankings and like, basically you would sign up as a team and it was a beer pong tournament. Like that's all it was. <laughs> and so we used to have to go to these like beer pong tournament things every single Saturday. And it was at our friend Josh's house. And there was one time where we needed to like kind of contain Ella 
but we didn't know how because we didn't want to like leave her in somebody's bedroom. And we were able to contain her on a couch with pillows. Like she couldn't climb over the pillows. And so when Ella passed, our friend Josh was like, oh my God, I remember when she like couldn't climb over a pillow. So like this dog grew up with us. And so, you know, a lot of our friends have great memories of her just like we do. And, you know, she went everywhere with us except for Burning Man. So. (laughs) (laughs) Which she She would have gone if they allowed pets. (laughs) Oh, she would have gone. She would have gone. But yeah, so she was the best and we'll miss her forever. But, you know, we just hope we can give that same love to another dog who deserves it someday when we're ready. And that's kind of where we're at now. So yeah, well, we love Ella. Ella. R.I.P. Ella, but also we just, we love her. Lindsay, you're too emotionally fragile right now. Do not read The Rainbow Bridge, but when you're ready, oh, no, 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 read I that poem. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I remember someone read it to me when um, my original dog in my childhood passed. And I was like, why would you ever read that to me? But now it's, yeah. it's actually a very beautiful poem. Um, yeah. Well, we just today, besides dedicating this to Ella, because she is so special and I still feel like she's, she's with us and that's, that void's never going to be filled. Um, but yeah. how do we bring ourselves out of grief? How do we deal with grief during a pandemic, the grief of the pandemic? Just like, what are some tips that you and I have been doing this whole quarantine to help us feel better? Um, my number one tip, put on some music. Like yeah, if I music. am- Music can change your mindset. It can do, I, I mean, it can make you cry too. Like Dan, last night it was, we were cooking dinner and we were actually thinking about Ella because we think about Ella a lot. And um, now I'm going to cry again. Um, but Dan put on a song, that song. Um, it's, I think it's by Eric Clapton. It's like, if I saw you in heaven. Yeah. Um, I can't listen to that song right now. <laughs> I know the song you're talking to. Yeah. But Dan put that on and he was like, this is for Ella. And it, I was in a really good mood <laughs> and I just started to bawl because it was this beautiful piece of music dedicated to um, our dog that we love so much, uh, Ella. Anyway, but if you're feeling bad, then he, Dan realized that he had made a big mistake because I was bawling my eyes out on the couch. <laughs> And so he put on, he put on um, some like electronica uplifting, like surreal music and my whole moon changed. Then I was like remembering all the good times about Ella and I was feeling really full of hope and all that stuff. So music can really bring you out of it. So if you're having a bad day, like really think about what am I putting in my ears right now? Am I putting in a podcast? Am I putting in the news? Am I putting in good music? Like what am I listening to? Yeah, I think listening and also like for me, not listening to things has been really helpful during quarantine period because especially in the beginning of this back in March, I mean, guys, just in case you're not aware, update, it's the end of July and we are still in California at least very quarantined. Like Juliet and I are not (laughs) seeing each other again, even though we saw each other a few times because people in California don't want to wear masks. That's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) But um. But yeah, so the numbers here have skyrocketed. And um, I think something that's been really important for me is making sure that I'm taking in the news, but not taking in too much news. And that I'm kind of counteracting the negativity that I'm bringing in with positivity, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I've been watching a lot of, um, just like watching a lot of really funny shows. Like um, one of our favorite shows like ever is Schitt's Creek. (laughs) I heard that's good. Oh my God, it's hilarious, Juliet. Oh my God, Moira is everything. But anyway, so we've been like just trying to very much balance out our news intake because it's very overwhelming with all of the BLM stuff that's happening with what's going on in Portland, which if you don't know what's going on in Portland, like you need to be paying attention to that because what's happening in Portland can very quickly happen anywhere else. And we need to make sure that we make sure that doesn't happen basically. Um, 
But I think to just really balancing what you're taking in every single day is extremely helpful. Um, but yeah, for me, maybe set time limits. That's like a tangible thing. Like you need to check the news. You need to know what's happening, but don't sit there and scroll for hours. Maybe set a timer. It's like, I'm going to take this 15 minutes or this 30 minutes and dedicate it to educating myself about something. And then when that timer goes off, I am putting it down. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Lindsay. <laughs> no, but that's what I was saying. Like we've, we've put limits on ourselves. Like Joel and I will only watch the news every other day. And mm-hmm. by watching the news, I mean, reading the news. We don't really like, we don't have cable, so we don't watch standard yeah. news. Um, and we will watch like John Oliver, um, once a week when he comes on, um, and Trevor Noah, because they kind of are like, I like to call them like uplifting news. They're kind of like giving you information that fucking sucks, but they're making it a little funny and goofy. So it like makes it a little easier to take in for us. Um, but yeah, John I mean, Oliver's, um, John Oliver's <laughs> insults are so right on pinpointed and quick. Like he called someone a walking cufflink. And I was like, I see it. And it was just so funny. (laughs) I just love it. Even if you don't like his political views, you've got to applaud his writing skills. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like him and his team's writing skills. And same thing with like Trevor Noah. It's Mm -hmm. just the writers that they have on those shows take a really intense topic. And they definitely teach you about that topic. But they also kind of like give you a funny thing to add to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um they have these goofy themes that like go throughout weeks. Like John Oliver bought like rat erotica and like <laughs> is searching for it forever. And it's just like the funniest thing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, take in your news the way that you can, um, but definitely limit it. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is I was reading an article and I'll have to find it and put it in the show notes, but I was reading an article and it was by a psychologist who was talking about what happens when your routine gets off. And I think that for a lot of people in quarantine, routine being off has probably been the number one indicator to why you're feeling crappy, right? Like, I don't know about for you guys, but since March, I have left the office. My whole team has come back to the office. And then my whole team has been sent back home to work from home. Um, I, the first round we had to lay off a bunch of people. So I was doing like multiple jobs at my house, um, including my own job and other people's full-time jobs. And so it was a lot, it was overwhelming. And then we kind of get back to the office and there's this sense of relief and I can get it back into my daily routine. I can get back into my waking up, drinking my 40 ounces of water, making my coffee, going to work, being there all day, like focusing for several hours on the couple of things I need to do and then packing my things up and going. And, you know, it, when we first started quarantine, I was working from like the second I woke up until basically the second I went to bed and Mm -hmm. I'm still doing that, but now I'm able to break it up a little bit more because there's not as many tasks, luckily. But a major thing for me has been continuing to keep my routine alive, making sure that when I wake up in the morning, I wash my face and I brush my teeth and like I curl my eyelashes. And even though that seems like the dumbest thing ever, making sure I do those things every morning instead of just like meandering over to my desk five seconds before I have to open my computer really makes me feel like I'm still having a morning routine. And so that's been really important to me. Um, Making sure I'm moving my body at least four times a week. There was many weeks there where I basically just like sat in my own suffering and my body hurt, but I hadn't been working out. So there was no reason for it to be hurting. Um, I felt unmotivated. I felt like I didn't want to like leave the house, but I also didn't want to be in the house. And so moving my body, even if it was just putting on some music in my back room and stretching for 30 minutes, like doing something Mm -hmm. to move those emotions through your body is so important. And so between like just making sure that I actually have 
little tiny tasks during the day that I'm doing and that I'm doing every single day and then making sure I'm moving my body, which are things that I would normally be doing. Mm-hmm. Normally outside of quarantine, I would be the busiest person in the world. I would be going from work to Juliet's to do podcast stuff. And then I'd be going to burn club or I'd be going to some sort of a gig or, you know, I'd have like a photo shoot or whatever. And since all of those things are lull right now, they're all in a lull. Um, you know, just making sure I have those regular things I'm doing every single day, every single week that make me feel good is the only way that I've been able to pull myself out of these weird slumps of like not knowing what day it is. Because mm-hmm. even though I'm working, I still will wake up and be like, shit, is today Tuesday? Like, what day is it? What do I have yeah. to do today? So managing, and I'm sure a lot of people have been who have been working from home since March have already like got this nailed down. But because of this constant like accordion back and forth life for me, um, just making sure that I keep my routine. My routine has been ideal and it's been something I needed. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree that routine, I mean, people who have had a brain injury, um, like my mom, routine is the number one thing that helps them feel safe and feel secure. So if someone who is, who has got brain issues, that's the number one thing. I feel like for people, we've got brains. And when you're in a quarantine or in a weird situation, you've got a brain issue. You've got something that is not correct in your mindset right now. And it's different. So really giving yourself that structure is helpful because you'll get lost. And hey, maybe it's fun to get lost for a little bit. But I think a lot of people, it's not, it's not as fun as you would think. You know, you need to structure your day. Even if you're like, well, I have nothing to do. I'm not working. Or I can do whatever I want. That's really fun for like, you know, a week or so, but then try and structure mm-hmm. your day. Like, Hey, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to move my body or I'm going to have breakfast and kind of try to categorize hours in your day or time periods in your day where you're doing X, Y, and Z and, and get creative with it. You know, don't, don't bore yourself and make it the same thing in five days a week, you know, make a different thing three days a week and then two days a week. And I think that being creative also is helpful because if you're just stuck at home and you're not using that creative muscle, you're going to feel bored with yourself. <laughs> so that is very important to that. I've been doing, um, instead of staying up late watching movies and stuff, which is what I was doing at the beginning of quarantine, I have been trying to go to bed earlier and get up earlier mm-hmm. so that I can then be more productive and getting, and getting things done, uh, especially working from home. But just in general, I think going to bed earlier and waking me up earlier during quarantine has made me feel more productive, even if I'm not doing anything like that important that day. Yeah, that's, that's been something that's, I mean, over this last couple of days with like the loss of Ella, that's been really hard for Joel and I, like sleep does not come easy, but on a normal night. Yeah, exactly. So we're aware of that, obviously that our sleep schedule is a little off right now, but um, before Ella passed, like Joel and I were already trying to do this. We were already trying to find things that like we knew we needed to do for ourselves to make something feel better the next day. Right. So Mm -hmm. we've actually stopped watching television in our bedroom which is a huge, a huge thing for us. We are now, we call ourselves real adults now because we read books before we go to bed, which like, I mean, I read books, don't get me wrong, but like we, we bought like reading lights for like our bedsides and like we're, we're doing the damn thing. So I think that like, even if like, don't get me wrong, like I love reading, but like, I don't like reading when I'm told to read. So like there are some nights where I lay down on my bed. I'm like, I don't want to fucking read a book right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would way rather be playing like, I don't know, a game on my phone or like looking through Instagram or whatever. But finding that like night and morning routine for me has been really, really key. The like same five things that I do every single morning and the same three or four things I do every night before bed 
um, just making a routine for myself around all of the other craziness that's been going on has been extremely helpful. And I'm sure everybody's heard this a million times. I can't tell you how many like Instagram posts and YouTube videos and all of this stuff say like, make sure you have a good night and morning routine. And I was <laughs> like, Psh, bitch, I don't have time for a nighttime routine or a morning exactly. time routine, but it really has brought like a sense of like consistency basically, which we are not living in a very consistent world right now, you know? And consistency is key in making your brain relax, like, realize this is new and relax. And um, yeah, so that's been really important for us. And yeah, I've gone through two books, which like I read books, but like I would have never read two books by now. It would have been like maybe a your, book. What are your book recommendations? Well, I reread The Four Agreements because I love that book and mm -hmm. I just bought The Fifth Agreement. So that'll be my next book that I read. Um, but I recently just finished Letters to a Young Poet, Ooh. which is really great. And it's, um, it's at first I was kind of like, I don't know if this book's for me because it's basically just a bunch of letters that um, a writer is writing back and forth with a new writer that was like their student. And they're mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, how to develop a creative process that works for you. Um, but like in their own words, and it is a little bit weird because they are translated. So like sometimes you'll read a sentence, you'll be like, what does that mean? <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's just really empowering with like seeing somebody who is old and understands a craft and then seeing somebody break through and is new to a craft and watching them or like reading their letters back and forth with like, oh, I'm so proud of you for doing this. And oh my God, I never thought about that. And it's just constantly like, these two people that are basically going through their creative process with each other. And it's an easy read because, you know, if for me, like books at night, especially like I'll read a whole chapter and then I'll fall asleep and forget what I've read. So I'll have to reread the chapter again. Reading comprehension was not great for me. That's why I was unhooked on phonics, which also was not great. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's really great because it's just like letters. Um, and another one that I read a reread actually was the times they are a change in. And it's, um, it's a bunch of different women from the sixties and seventies. And it's them telling stories of what they remember, like these big, you know, moments in their lives and what the country was going through at that time. So there's like ones about like, you know, the summer of love in San Francisco and what they went through during that. And there's ones about, um, it's just a really cool book and they're little small stories and they're all individually written. So the book kind of has a theme, but it's not, it's not one theme for the entire book. It's just basically women remembering the sixties and seventies, which is like the civil rights movement. And like all of these major intense things happened during the sixties and seventies, a lot of which kind of similar things we're going through now. Yeah. Um, and so that book is just, it's really uplifting and empowering, especially in this day and age, like Juliet, I actually would love to loan it to you because it's a great book, but it's really uplifting and empowering in the sense that these women went through these crazy times and they are now remembering it. I think it was written back in like 2008 or nine. So it's them really recalling back to these big moments in their lives and what that meant for them and why they look back on that now in either a positive or a negative light. And it's really cool. It's a, it's a really uplifting book, especially because of all the civil rights stuff we're going through now. Um, it's just been, it's just been a weird time and reflecting on things that other women have gone through and other women have seen, it just really kind of puts into perspective that like history repeats itself mm -hmm. phrase. Um, so yeah, it's a really good one. So we've been kind of enjoying that. Um, Joel is now reading the four agreements, so we'll see how that goes for him. 
Um, but yeah, so just reading and like finding calm in our evenings. Like I have bought so much sleepy time tea and I'm finding my favorite one. So I will update you guys someday on which one is the one. You're going to do a post um, on like, on like all the different tasting notes of each one. <laughs> oh yeah. Joel, Joel would love to do that. Joel would love to do that. Um, but yeah, so we've just been, we've just been trying to get that nighttime routine together now. And I think that once we do that, our sleep will be a little bit better. Um, I mean, not to call back to Ella again, but over since Burning Man last year, neither of us have gotten a full night's sleep because we're constantly having to get up in the middle of the night to take her out to the bathroom and stuff like that. So even though we've gotten these like much longer and fuller nights of sleep, it still feels really weird um, to not wake up in the middle of the night. So we're hoping that eventually once this grief slows down a little bit, that we'll be able to really kick that nighttime, nighttime routine into full gear. I don't know. That seems a little ridiculous because I'm trying to like kick it into low gear at nighttime, but we're going to kick yeah, that so routine. nighttime routine into overdrive, <laughs> overdrive nighttime routine. Uh, that's but yeah. It. So just trying to make routines is really what we've been doing and it's been really helpful. Um, I've also, Juliet, you're going to be, you're going to be shocked. I have switched out my afternoon coffee for, um, I was using this one called four Sigmatic. It was like a mushroom blend. Love them. Um, and so I've basically just been like, searching around and finding all these different like mushroom blends to give me a little bit of a natural boost of energy in the afternoon rather than going for another cup of coffee or a cup of cold brew or like a chai tea latte, which I've been making a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, so really just kind of like switching out those things and doing what my body needs. So we're making smoothies every day. We're eating high protein. We're, eat, you know, we're just kind of like trying to give ourselves some sort of semblance of normal life. And We've started working out together again, which is great. So, I mean, there's been so many ups and downs. I actually shared a post on my Facebook where it's called like, it was like one of those things where it like tells you, like it gives you a word and then it says like noun or verb. And then it gives you like the definition of this dumb word. That's not really a word. And it was the Corona coaster. And it was like the ups and downs of a global pandemic is like basically the definition. And I really feel that. I really feel like there have been so many ups and downs, like especially in California, we were doing so good for so long. And then the BLM movement came and then we were still doing good. And like the county and like the city was trying to change what they were doing and not fully defunding the police, but like reallocating resources. And, you know, it's so, like we kind of got like on this like little bit of a like top of the bell curve. And then all of a sudden, like apparently Floridians came to California and like we just like went downhill. <laughs> But so these yeah. ups and downs have been challenging to say the least, but I think just like calling, reaching out to your friends, calling your friends, um, making sure if you're not doing well to get up, get off your butt, get out of your house. Like Leah, um, my little sister and I, she could kind of tell I was not doing well and she booked a VRBO in Palm Springs and we literally didn't leave the VRBO. Like we just stayed there the whole time but just to be quarantined and doing the same thing from a different space was very refreshing um there was a pool there and we could just kind of like we all sat outside in like the 100 degree weather and we're like doing our work from there and while it was like kind of lame because we were like we can't go anywhere or do anything we were at least their change of scenery was nice and we experienced that in early quarantine when we went yep. to your ohio house juliet so yeah change of scenery is really nice sometimes. It's, it's imperative that your brain, your brain needs input. And if you're not inputting and it's going to, if your brain needs input and we are at a lack of input because of our situation currently, 
everything you put in is going to be completely absorbed. And so really, whether it's a routine, whether it's your eating habits, whether it's your mindset or what you're absorbing media wise, just know that it's probably going to affect you more so than it would before when you had a lot more competition for your, for your brain space. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Because before our brains were so filled with like, Oh, what am I going to do today after work? Oh, when's happy hour? Oh oh my God. By the way, I've decided that once quarantine is over, I'm going to be a happy hour person. Oh, I've already, yeah. I am on board with that. I've decided that too, along with the the whole bedtime routine, like no watching TV before bed, um, you know, reading books, all that. I was like, yep, I'm doing the same thing. Happy hour. We are going to become happy hour queens. So guys, can you tell us in our wrap up here, the best happy hours that Lindsay and I can see you at when quarantine is over, because we will be happy houring all the time, every day. If I, I already, I told my dad, I'm like, listen, I'm going to start coming into work early and leaving earlier because I need to go to happy hour. I need a happy hour at least once a week. I need to eat tiny tacos and tiny appetizers and get my $4 glass of wine. Um, and just like enjoy like a space outdoors. And, you know, Zach, one of my uh, coworkers, one of the guys who's in management with me, um, him and I were joking around like, God, I, I miss happy hour and I never went to happy hour. Like, I never Yeah, I think I went to like five happy hours and I thought, man, I should make more time for this every time. And now I can't even have it. I'm like, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up. I need more tiny tacos. Really, this was all based around I wanted tiny tacos <laughs> and not from Jack in the Box, you know? Oh, those <laughs> I just wanted cons- small food. Those, those can't, can't be, be considered tacos. No, they just can't be considered tacos. They're not tacos. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> tiny food. But yeah, so tiny food is where it's at. Um, Juliet and I love tiny things. So we have so many tiny things in our lives. <laughs> so seriously, um, guys, if you want to meet us for happy hour, I will meet any of you for happy hour in LA. Once this quarantine is over, you pick the spot and I will be there. I make it yeah, we will come be to there. <laughs> I will. I will make it. I will make the trek from work early just to come to happy hour with you guys. But yeah, so I think um, right now what we're trying to do is just like look into the future and make plans. And, you know, Juliet and I have some really big plans coming up for this podcast. So I hope you guys stick around with us for all of that. But uh, thanks for sitting with us during our sadness this week, because that's really all this episode was, is that like we're sad and um, we're dealing with a lot of weird things. And, you know, there was moments during quarantine where I really felt like I was thriving. Like my macrame game is so on point. I made a shelf. Yeah. Still on, point. Still, Still on point. Still on point. Um, but yeah, just I'm just trying to find things that are going to make me feel better. And I don't really want to make plans for after quarantine because, like, at this point, we're going to be quarantined until like 2025. Who fucking <laughs> knows? Um, <laughs> but I'm just trying to like think about the things that I want to change about my life when this is all over. And one of those is happy hour. And the second one is making sure that my night and morning routine are good now and in the future. So hoping to make changes better for once this is all over. I love it. I love it. Guys, let us know what you've been doing to help with the quarantine blues and, and just with your mindset and all of that. Seriously, let us know where you're going to happy hour. And also, you know, give us a little like or a little comment. Let us know what you want to talk about. We'll discuss pretty much anything. Lindsay and I are open books. And most yeah. importantly, we love you guys. And we love Ella. And we're so happy that she was, she was with us for so many years. And this, this, is her, this is her dedicated episode, but she's always with us no matter what. She is. She's always with us. And uh, I know this is really dumb and people are probably going to laugh at me for this, but we're making, I told Juliet this earlier, we're making a little like um, altar for Ella. So, you know, we got her cremated. um, So we have to pick that up this week, which I'm sure will be really hard to pick that up. Um, But we've got her collar that literally lasted her entire life. Um, We were joking at one point, like when we, this is a funny story. When we first got her like dog tag that had like her name and our phone number and all that stuff on it, 
we were, we, we messed it up. So we like put the little plastic screen on and then engraved it. So it was actually like the plastic part of it was engraved, not the metal part. We were like, Oh my God, we're such idiots. Right. Oh, we'll probably have to like replace this. And we were kind of like laughing and crying the other day. Like we never had to replace it. Like she just never lost, she lost a collar when she went to, uh, when she went to doggy prison, but they, the lady who like took it off of her, gave it back to us. And we're like, thanks. You don't have our dog anymore, but you have her collar. Cool. Sweet. That's weird. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we're just kind of like putting together little things like that. She had her favorite tennis ball, which is absolutely disgusting, but it will be on the altar. Um, and then she had this like, uh, it was like shaped like a ramen. It was a toy and it was shaped like a cup of instant noodle ramen. And it was called, uh, oh my God, what was it called? It had a really clever name, but we found that toy the other day and that'll be there. That was her favorite. It was like a uh, pepperoni or something like that. <laughs> and it was, oh no, that was the treats. She like, I don't know. It was a door. Oh, uh, pup lunch or something like that. It was, it was cute. And so we're going to kind of make a little thing. Luckily, um, one of our friends, Liz for our wedding, uh, two years ago, actually like drew a picture of Ella. She's an artist and she's amazing. If you honestly want her to draw pictures of your dogs, I'll put her link down in the description box because she's incredible. Um, and then Joel's grandma is also a watercolor artist and she had painted a picture of Ella for us for Christmas. And so we kind of have like a whole little area in our walkway, um, dedicated to Ella. So she will never leave us. She will always be here. She set a really high bar for any dog we bring into our lives in the future and we'll miss her forever. But you know, hopefully 2020 fucking stops it now. Hopefully 2020 just is done now. Can we just end this year? Can we just start over? Cause yeah. the end of 2019 was tough for my family. We lost my aunt and my grandpa in like the same month. Yeah. And like 2020 happened to me, my family all took like a huge sigh of relief. Like this can't get any worse. And then 2020 came and then we were like, well, maybe we were wrong. Yeah, no, that was not a good end to the year. No, no. And, you know, not a good middle of the year either, but you know what? There's going to be another year. There's going to be more time. There's going to be another dog eventually. And uh, we just, you know, I'm happy to have you, Juliet, because friends are what we need right now. Yes, I love you, Lindsay. Sorry, I cried so much. <laughs> oh my God. I was trying so hard not to cry. Like I was like not even looking at Juliet. I was like, don't look at the Zoom call. Don't look at the Zoom call. I was like, Juliet, you got to be strong for Lindsay. And then all I say is like, if you saw me in heaven, I just start busting crying. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Joel and I, I mean, it comes in waves guys. So if you have yeah. lost a dog, uh, my heart's with you. If you've lost a family member, my heart's also with you. This is a tough time. And I'm glad that we have you guys to talk to about it. So yes. thanks for being here with us and um, make sure to follow us on Instagram. We even have a Facebook page. Um, so yeah, find us everywhere. We're clearly off topic. We redid a bunch of stuff on the website. So if you want to check out clearlyofftopic.com, there's a bunch of cool stuff over there um, and big things coming guys. I just essentially had a huge list of guests. So we are, we are getting it together again. So we love you guys. Have a good um, week. Bye. Bye.